0: for reading that Proverbs 3 to us this morning. Let's pray and ask God to bless his word to us today. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the amazing love that you have for each one of us. And we just pray today that as we reflect upon your word, that you will give us the wisdom and understanding that we need to be able to trust you and honor you in our daily lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're continuing our series on Proverbs today, and last week Charles helped us to understand the importance of focusing on God's will for our life and not our own will. God's will doesn't just happen in us. We need to take the time to look to God and be disciplined to obtain it. This week, we see how important it is for us all to trust and to keep trusting God. That is the way in which His will will be fulfilled in each one of us. When we first meet someone, we rarely get an accurate assessment of whether they are trustworthy. It generally takes time to gain the assurance that someone is trustworthy. Wise people observe what other people say and what they do, how they respond in the varied situations that occur. The more we are with them, the more we learn about them, and the easier it will be to know whether or not we are able to trust them. In general, trustworthy people will be respectful. They will possess good manners and good, sound values. They will be caring. They will show a genuine interest in others and be helpful. They will be consistent. They will always be reliable, dependable, and responsible. And also, they will be honest. They will fulfill what they promise. They'll have no secrets, and they will consistently show that they can be trusted. This chapter in Proverbs teaches us the importance of trusting God as we set out to live in ways that will show his values to others. Loyalty is an essential character quality we will need to display. A loyal person will act responsibly and will want to do things in ways that reveal and honor the Lord they are serving. They will always be seeking the well-being of others. Their actions and their attitude will mostly measure up to those of their Lord. Many of the failures we see in the Bible and in other people's lives occur when people fail to display these character qualities. Why does that happen? Well, many become enticed by the false display and values of our world. Their focus changes, and they begin to depend and trust on their abilities, their successes, their possessions, and they ignore their God. Our verse today tells us that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. To trust in the Lord, we need to know him, and we need to know him well, and we need to understand what he is calling us to do. The coming of our Lord Jesus into this world has shown us what trust truly is. And when we believe, trust, and follow Jesus in our lives, we are setting out on the right track. Jesus showed what it means to trust with all that we have and all that we are. So trusting and then following the ways of Jesus will be one of the wisest decisions we will ever make in our life. But as we reflect on this Proverbs passage today, the first thing I want to consider is there are benefits for obeying. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life for many years and bring you prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. The steps of the young man are now steps of responsibility. He's left the home. He's moved on into life. And he now comes into contact with the world. The advice given to him is that the steps he takes in life need to be ordered by the words and will of God. This will be a sign of his loving devotion to the will of God. When we fix God's words and commands in our heart, as well as in our heads, we will allow them to direct our lives. And the rewards we will receive will be immense. And the rewards will not only be for our journey in this world, they will be in the journey in the world that is yet to come, in the presence of God himself. In these first 10 verses, we're told by exercising wisdom, which is to do what our Lord requires, the blessings we receive are beyond our imagining. We are enabled to distinguish between what is true and right, what is false and wrong, both in intellectual and in moral ways. There is nothing that this world can put on offer that can be compared to that. When we allow Jesus to be Lord of all that we have and all that we do, we are becoming wise. All that we desire and is in line with his will for us in this life will be ours. And the key that unlocks the door to do this is given to us the moment we allow the Lord Jesus to rule our hearts and we set out to honor him in our lives. As we look at these first 10 verses, we see many of the benefits that faithful people will obtain. Verse 2, a a prosperous and prolonged life. Verse 3, love and faithfulness is written in our hearts. Verse 4, we will have favor in the sight of God and man. man. Verse 5, our pathway in life will be straight. And verses 8 and 9, we will have health and we will be well nourished. And in verse 10, our barns and our vine vats will be overflowing. The benefits of being wise and trusting in the Lord provides us with everything we need to live a life that is Christ-centered, a life that really is beyond belief. Most parents know what is best for their children. God knows what's best for us. He is a far better judge of what we need than we ourselves are. And we are being wise when we trust God's word and the wise counsel of godly people. We are being wise when we bring all our needs to God in prayer. And we are being wise when we use the Bible as our guide and then in the power of his spirit do what God calls us to do. God promises to direct our paths and protect us as we walk along them. There will be times where we fail to exactly follow the pathway that the Lord has set for us. And we head off on our own path. And that brings me to the second point we have a need for discipline. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. And do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Excuse me. I don't think any of us enjoy being disciplined. But as followers of the Lord, when we are truly honest with ourselves, we will admit that at times we do charge off and we say and we do things that are not honoring to others, and they are certainly not honoring to God. In fact, most of the time they're displeasing to others, but they are certainly displeasing to God. And what do we do when that occurs? Do we acknowledge that we've made a mistake and that we need to be disciplined? Or do we just ignore it and carry on as if it doesn't matter? Many tend to think of discipline as punishment. But discipline is what we all need to be properly trained. To discipline is not necessary to physically punish. It's to instruct. It's to warn. It's to encourage, to advise, to correct and chastise. Not to harm, but to protect. Everything that God allows to come into our lives is for a purpose. And God's purposes will often be achieved through discipline. We must never forget God loves us as our father. As parents, we discipline our children. Why? Because we love them. And we want to care for them. Who loves a child more? A parent who allows them to do what they want, even though it may harm them? Or a parent who disciplines them to protect them from the dangers that they know will hurt them? God disciplines us for exactly the same reason. His ultimate purpose is to protect us and to enable us to become partakers of his holiness. Discipline is correction, and it's a proof of God's love and not his anger. It's a proof we are his children and that we are loved by him. Hebrews 12, 6 and 8 reminds us the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. We are all meant to learn from our experiences, especially the tough ones. And we need to understand that difficulties do occur because we are loved and we are cared for. And God disciplines us as proof of his love for us. We should be asking, Lord, what are you showing us? What are you teaching us? Because it goes on to say in Hebrews 12, verses 10 and 11, God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. God's discipline always means it's for our good and not our harm. And it will enable us to be better equipped to love and serve him, and others in our life. And the last point is for our long-term security. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. You can see the verse, I won't say any more. What do we believe is bringing us long-term security? So many in our world believe that long-term security comes with success, wealth, and possessions. That's not what Proverbs tells us is the correct answer. Proverbs tells us that wisdom and understanding are the answer. In my early days, prior to coming to live in Australia, I worked in a pretty high-class jewellers shop in Chester in the UK. They sold a lot of antique and modern silverware and jewellery. They had lots of lords and ladies as customers. Even the queen was a customer, to be quite honest. Some bought them for joy and pleasure, but so many bought them as long-term investments. As I mentioned before, I used to sell diamonds, sapphires, rubies, and emeralds, and things like that here in Australia. And many bought the best of them, not to sell them, but as investments for their future. Their hope is fixed on their treasures. How mistaken they are. Yes, I used to sell them. I used to live off them. But I didn't store up my wealth. I did it to fund the ministries that I conducted with Barbara, my wife, because we always went to parishes that were threatened with closure, or were actually closed. So there was nothing to live off. So we used to fund ourselves, and what a joy and pleasure it was to see God using us to re-go and re-establish these parishes. This is what our Lord wants us to see, the gifts he gives us are for, to be used to honor and glorify him as well as satisfy ourselves. Many people think I was not wise by the things that I did, but I believe I was. Because wise men and women will focus their hope for eternity, not on things of this world, but they will place it firmly on the Lord Jesus. And when we focus on him, he will come first and not our own pleasures. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When the rich man came to Jesus and asked what he needed to do to inherit the kingdom, Jesus looked at him, he loved him, and he said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. We are told the young man went away sad. He just could not let his treasures go. How willing are we to let things go, to serve and follow our Lord Jesus? Haddon Spurgeon once said, it is easier to trust God in adversity than it is in prosperity. Whatever trust we have in adversity, is real trust. When we do let go and follow Jesus, we are ensuring our eternal future is absolutely secure. We are no longer trusting in the things of this world. We are trusting entirely on Jesus. And that is the wisest choice we can ever, ever make in this life. It's secure and it's everlasting. Our final verse in that third chapter of Proverbs says, The wise inherit honor, but fools he holds up to shame. I trust and I pray that we all have the wisdom to trust God as he asks us to, and the wisdom to trust in Jesus. It's essential that we do. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the wisdom that you granted to Solomon. We thank you that he wrote these insights in Proverbs to share this wisdom with others. And we thank you that we can learn so much of your will for our life from them. Father, we especially thank you that we now live in a time where the way into your kingdom has been opened up for us by our Lord Jesus. Thank you for giving us the wisdom to place our trust in him. As we make our journey through this world to the kingdom that is promised to come, Help us to be wise in the way we live by always trusting you and living in ways that seek to honour you. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen.